With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Well, beautiful day. Supposed to get up in the 50s here today, which is really going to be a nice change. The sun is shining, and it's a good day to be alive. Of course, God has ordained all things, and so it's all good. You know, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and them who are called according to his purpose, not according to our purpose. So many people have it mixed up. They think the world revolves around them. That's why they call this the me generation. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can get this up Real quickly here. Good morning, Brother Mark. How are you this morning? Very good. Very good. I got up early and and got myself together, so I've been sitting here for an hour. Well, okay. All right. So I'm well, ready to go. Actually, what happened, Mark, was, was God got you together, brother. You didn't get yourself yep. together. <laughs> That's what I meant to say, yes. There you yeah, go. God got me early this morning. Yeah, I love some of the black folks I used to work with. Um, when I was a social worker, you know, I'd had, I had quite a number of black foster parents, and I'd, if I went over to their house early in the morning, they'd say, God woke me up this morning, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah. anyway, well, I want to welcome aboard... Uh, Mr. Azim and all the rest that will be joining us momentarily on Facebook for our worship service this morning. My brother Carl will be with us momentarily, I'm sure. And uh, Excellent. It's been a really interesting week, I must say. <laughs> a lot going on. And uh, a lot of people getting bent out of shape. <laughs> yeah. Know? Uh, let's see. Here he is now. Welcome aboard, Brother Carl. Hey, brothers. How's everybody this morning? We're Good doing morning. well. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you well, guys as well. Mark Phillips is going to read some scripture, and then we're going to do our little, you know, normal traditions of men. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
uh, got to stay in those traditions, you know. Got to get, got to stay in that rut. You know what a rut is? A rut is a grave with both ends uh, dug out. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Yes. I want to get Mark on here just one second. Okay. Okay, Mark. Jeremiah four one through six. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. And if thou wilt put away thy abomination of my sight, then shalt thou not remove. And and thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth and judgment and righteousness. And the nations shall bless themselves, and again and again shall they void. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow it out among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest my fury come forth like fire, and burn that none can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. Declare ye in Judah and publish in Jerusalem and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together and say, Assemble yourselves and let us go into the defended cities. Set the standard towards Zion and retire. Stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. Very good. Where was that found, Mark? Jeremiah 4, 1 through 6. All right, thank you. Yes. Okay, we're going to sing a couple of hymns and a psalm for you. <laughs> Actually, not for you, for God, praising God, not man. This is called the, this is taken out of the old school hymnal, and the first hymn is called God's Love. A lot of people have a misunderstanding of what God's love is. This is on 158 of the old school hymnal. Mark, you want to start that? God's love has meant so much to me. I want to praise his holy name. His grace and truth have set me free. This blessed truth I would proclaim. He is my hope, my strength and guide. His spirit does my soul inspire. For me he bled and groaned and died. Christ is the Savior I desire. This Savior is our living bread, our wisdom and our righteousness. We eat his flesh, we drink his blood. He is the source of all our bliss. He feeds my soul on things above and warms me with his sacred fire. I want to feel his grace and love. Christ is the portion I desire. He is my son to give me light. In him my spirit shall be blessed. His grace will bring supreme delight and give to me eternal rest. Without his mercies I would fall. So for his way I should inquire, I find in him my all in all. Christ is the treasure I desire. Okay, we're going to sing page 326. This is a John Newton hymn 
I always like to sing John Newton's songs because he understood the sovereignty of God. This is entitled, How Tedious and Tasteless the Hours. How tedious and tasteless the hours When Jesus no longer I see Sweet prospects, sweet birds, and sweet flowers Have all lost their sweetness to me The midsummer sun shines but dim The field strives in vain to look gay But when I am happy with him December's as pleasant as May His name yields the richest perfume and sweeter than music his voice his presence disperses my gloom and makes all within me rejoice i should were he always thus nigh have nothing to wish or to fear no mortal so happy as i my summer would last all the year content with beholding his face me all to his pleasure resigned no changes of season or place would make any change in my mind. While blessed with the sense of his love, a palace a toy would appear, and prisons would palaces prove if Jesus would dwell with me there. Dear Lord, if indeed I am thine, if thou art my son and my song, say, why do I languish and pine? And why are my winters so long? Oh, drive these dark clouds from my sky, thy soul-searing presence restore, or take me unto thee on high, where winters and clouds are no more. Okay, the last one we're going to sing is Psalm 23. Taking now the Psalter on page 33. <clears throat> The Lord's my shepherd, I not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. My soul he doth restore again, and me to all doth make within the path of righteousness, in for his own name's sake. Yea, though I walk in death's dark veil, yet will I for thou art with me and my rod and staff me comfort still. A table thou hast furnished me in presence of my foes. My head thou dost with oil anoint and my cup overflows. Goodness and mercy all my life shall surely follow me and in God's house forevermore. 
my dwelling place shall be. Well, I want to welcome everybody that's joined us this morning. And uh, James Botti, um, Brother Azim, Mark Kennedy, Carl Roberts, Babs Roberts, Rosette Phillips, Mark Phillips, count me in as well, <laughs> and uh, all the rest that will uh, be joining us shortly. Uh, we are actually two minutes ahead of schedule, which is nice to be. And uh, so how, how, how are you brothers this morning? Um, how, how's the weather in Tennessee and California? Um, it's, uh, actually, it's actually the sun's actually out up here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the rain finally finally broke early this morning up here in East Tennessee, and the sun's out. But, I mean, it appears that they didn't waste any time, not to try to put a damper on things, but they're already chemtrailing. They've been doing it since early this morning. Yeah. Yeah, they like to spray that. They like to spray that poison in the air. See if they can diminish the surplus population. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but we're doing well. Uh, all thanks to the good Lord. Um, you know, we're doing doing all what about right. You, by his grace. Brother Mark, what's the temperature? What's the, what's the weather out like out there in California? Sunny and pleasantly cool. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's going to be warm here. It's supposed to get up in the 50s today. Yesterday it got up to 62 here, so oh. we're not we're not complaining at all. So anyway, so well, so the yeah. trails weather control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What well, oh, they yeah. call that heart? They got heart going on. They're strumming weather the wrong right. heart. Weather control, part of the Lucifer system. Yeah, yeah. Well, this morning, uh, I thought maybe what we would do is um, look at a passage. You know, whenever we went to uh, church up in Kansas City one time, uh, it was kind of strange because we rarely heard messages from the Gospels. My wife would comment, why do they never preach out of the Gospels? And I said, well, that's a really interesting question, Rosette. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to ask him, but anyway, uh, you know, uh, there's no better place to study the Word of God than read, you know, what Christ has to say about things. I mean, Christ yeah. is the living Word. He, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And um, anyway, uh, I think a lot of people uh, want to go to other passages because Christ, when he spoke... Remember uh, when they were getting ready to try to, uh, Pharisees were trying to do away with Christ, and they said, why didn't you take him? Why didn't you take him? And they said, no, never a man spoke like this man. 
<laughs> okay, never a man spoke like this man. So anyway, I want to read, I want to study through today the 23rd chapter of um, Matthew. And by the way, uh, Jesus Christ here is not just addressing the multitude um, and to his disciples. But I'm sure there were, you know, in that multitude, there were Pharisees and scribes because he deals a lot with the Pharisees and scribes. Now, the Pharisees and scribes, Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes were those who were at that time and had for many years departed from the word of God and were trusting in the traditions, oral traditions of men. And, you know, I was reading some of the research that Brother Edward Henry had done. And, you know, after him doing a lot of research on the on the Pharisees, they had already pretty much given way to the teachings of pagan Babylon. They had already, um, you know, now we know today it's known as the Babylonian Talmud, but these people had already succumb and we can see that all the all the way in the Old Testament. They had departed from the living God. Most of the uh, leaders and they were embracing all these other false systems. They were worshiping other gods. That was the biggest why do you think why do you think in in the commandments God said thou shalt have no other gods before me? They had other gods. So anyway, I'm going to have, uh, we'll, we'll kind of switch things around today. Uh, this is a total of 39 verses. I'll have Brother Carl read the first uh, 10 verses, and then I'll, I'll have um, Brother Mark Phillips read 10 verses, and then I'll have Brother Mark Kennedy read the final 10 verses. See, that gets me off the hook. So, anyway, if you want to start with the first ten verses, Brother Carl, I would appreciate that. That's uh, Matthew 23. Okay, beginning in Matthew chapter 23 with verse 1, going down through verse 10 in the authorized King James Version only. Verse 1, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their philosophies and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called a rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. Wow. Wow. 
Yes, sir. Well, this is <laughs> this hits at the heart of the matter. It really does. You know, he starts out by saying that the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Think about that. Moses was the personal representative, God-appointed man of to, to to fulfill. He is a type of Christ. You know, the people couldn't look upon on on Christ. Moses could when Moses came down out of Mount Sinai, what happened? His face was translucent. It was so illuminated they couldn't even look. They had to put a veil over his face. Okay? So Moses was the go between between God and the people. And here Christ says that the scribes and Pharisees are trying to take the place of Moses, okay? Now, because Moses was a type of Christ in this new covenant that we're in, uh, it would be appropriate to say that the scribes and Pharisees now are sit, trying to sit in the place of Christ, in the very, in the very throne of Christ, okay? And we see that in Second Thessalonians where it says that the man of sin will go in and sit down in the place of God, okay? So understand that Christ, when he started out this little uh, message here, he's calling these people out as being antichrists. That's what he's saying. They're antichrists. He's calling the scribes and Pharisees who are trying to replace the place that God has ordained his prophet Moses to sit, he's calling them godless antichrist. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Have you ever been around someone that, you know, they proclaim all of this stuff, and then when you get to knowing them a little bit, you find out, you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? That's what these people were doing. They were putting out all of this, all of this law, all of these rules. You can only walk so many, you know, uh, far, you know, just a, a little bit on the Sabbath day, and you go over that, you're going to be stoned or whatever. You can't pick up sticks on the Sabbath. On and on and on. But obviously, mm -hmm. they did not. They did not comply that at all. And these heavy burdens, <laughs> you know, and it says they will not lift them with one finger. You know, there's a group of people right now that are all over the Internet proclaiming that the, the day will come when they will have each one of them Many, many goyim for their slaves. They will have slaves. They will have goyim for their slaves. They want, they want someone else to do all their work for them. But all the works they do not do for to be seen of men. We see that as well. And it's not just, uh, it's, ju it's not just the synagogue of Satan, 
uh, as it relates to those that say they're Jews or not. But there's a lot of uh, Gentiles that want to be seen as men. It says they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Uh, that just, every time I read that, I don't know why, but every time I read that, a picture comes into my mind of the graduation ceremonies that I used to attend in the so-called Armenian Christian school. They didn't call themselves Armenian. So-called Christian school that I attended. And how all the professors, they would have certain colors on their garments as to how much, how many degrees they had. You know, if they had an undergraduate degree, they'd have one color. If they had a master's degree, they'd have another color. If they had a Ph.D., and my goodness, if they had a D.D. or some other pile higher and deeper, something other, they'd have another color. And enlarging their borders. You know, I don't know how many churches down in Arkansas we've seen lately where they're adding on adding on to the church. And I mean, when they do additions, they do major, major additions. Loving uppermost rooms at feasts and chief seats in the synagogues. I remember when Dr. D. James Kennedy noticed he had to make sure he had the doctor in when anybody addressed him. Dr. D. James Kennedy from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, um, Florida. He would had this had this church and he had the the pulpit it was way way up there i mean he had to walk up all these steps and then when he got up in the it was a huge pulpit towering over the people okay the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called rabbi rabbi i'm not picking on james kennedy i'm just using him as an example i remember how they would, he was also, he, he had no problem going on Trinity Broadcasting Network, you know. In other words, it was all about uh, lo- loving the, 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 the marketplace, okay. And they would always make a big deal about how many doctor's degrees he had, how many degrees behind his name. And greetings in the markets, and to be called rabbi, rabbi, doctor, doctor. Pastor, reverend, you know, I've often said, you know, John MacArthur, he has a college, it's called Master's College. It's like shaking his fist in the face of God. Mm-hmm. One is your master, even Christ, and all your brethren. Father, you know, holy father, mm-hmm. holy father. Pope Francis is the most unholy father that could exist on the face of the earth. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm telling the truth. He is not his holiness. He is a he is exhibiting reprobate activity. Yep. No. Call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters. You've got to have your master's degree if you're going to get this position in the church. I saw a Facebook thing yesterday uh, or the day before. By the way, welcome aboard Harold Ward. Um, 
James, Ra, and the rest of you that I, I'm going to see if I can pull you up. Uh, Benedict Nyagenis, Doris Cole, and the rest of you, welcome aboard, everyone. Anyway, uh, neither shall ye be called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. It's amazing how many people have to have a title in front of their name. Uh, I don't know how many times I get e emails and I get Facebook messages. You wouldn't believe how many times people say, are you a pastor? Are you a reverend? Where did you get your degree? <laughs> okay. Uh, who ordained you? And so usually I'll just say I don't take on titles. You know, I proclaim the word of God. I don't call myself pastor or reverend or bishop or elder or deacon or or doctor or anything else. And I am not proud of where I got my degree from. I got it from the University of Kansas, and I, I hide it under the bed. I have absolutely, uh, I speak against humanistic liberal arts a bachelor of liberal arts with a with a major in psychology you might as well say i have a degree in demonic activity i'm sorry <laughs> i just i hate it okay and i've had the, the other day i was in and I, i'm going to stop here in a minute the other day i was in a dollar general or is it General Dollar? Dollar General. And they have an education little thing that you can give money to their education, to their literacy program, which is fine. You know, if they want to teach people to read and write, I, I have no problem with that. But the gal said to me, would you like to donate to our literacy program? I said, no, I'm trying to become literate myself. She goes, well, we could, we could help you with that. <laughs> and I said, well, the problem is, you know, I went to the University of Kansas and got a degree in liberal arts, and I'm trying to unlearn everything I was taught. She looked at me like, what are you saying? I said, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I said, 90% of the garbage I was taught, I've had to try to unlearn. There was a guy standing there, and he goes, oh, you're right on, man. You're right on. This is what we're talking about here, okay, is God is coming against these people that are exalting themselves, the exaltation of man rather than worship of God. That's what we're talking about. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to turn it over to Brother uh, Mark Kennedy and let him make any comments on this, and then we'll turn it back over to Brother Carl, and then we'll have... Um, I don't know who I said I was going to have read next, whoever I said. But anyway, go ahead, Brother uh, Mark. Well, thank you, Brother. Yes, a most vain and futile invention from the, from the warped mind of unregenerate man to state it in a Calvinesque manner. <laughs> yes, this is all a futile effort 
to regain the original righteousness that Adam and Eve, our first parents, had and lost by sovereign degree, decree of Jehovah and the order of salvation, or in the Latin, the ordo salutis of salvation, the correct order of salvation is, is given in the supralapsarian view where the decrees of election, where the one two-sided decree of election and reprobation was cast before the decree of the fall of man. And wow. This is the <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a paragraph you just spoke, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is all a futile effort of righteousness by works, as Calvin yes. would say, the futile man, in the vain imaginations of man. Amen. God bless. Amen. That's that's good. That's good. I like your comment about supralapsarian. And really, you know, uh, if you believe the Bible, you're going to be supralapsarian. Okay, supralapsarian in a nutshell means that all decrees originate with God, and that seems should be obvious. He yes. is the creator of all things, and he's supra over all things. Okay, um, yes, over yeah. or, or above is what supra means. The yeah. Latin prefix, I think that is. Yes. I'm glad I don't have to be a Latin scholar or a Greek scholar or a Hebrew scholar. I'm glad I got the Word of God in the English translation, um, you know. And uh, anyway, I remember I took a <laughs> when I was when I enrolled in cemetery for a little bit. A lot of people don't know that I was actually in cemetery a little bit. And I was taking a Greek <laughs> class, and this place, I'll tell you what, it wasn't long till I realized that I was working towards earning my death certificate. <laughs> and so I had, to, I had to take tail and run. I said, look, I can no longer be a part of this. Anyway. Go ahead, Brother Carl. Talk to us about these ten verses. All right. Well, and what I see here, in my opinion, is this is our Lord and Savior standing up and standing and, you know, staking, taking a stand against organized religion. This was the organized Amen. religion of this was the organized religion of you know of his day. Um verse two describes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Um, verse four, um, but they but they bind heavy burdens, grievous to be born. Verse five, but all their works will, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. Um, verse six, they love the uppermost rooms, they love the greetings in the marketplace. Verse seven, but be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, and, and even Christ, and all your brethren. Verse eight, and call no man your father upon earth, for one is father, which for one is your father which is in heaven. Verse nine and verse ten, neither be ye called master. For one is your master, even Christ. Okay. Preachers, the title of preacher in the New Testament scripture is to is talking about people who go out and preach the gospel to the lost. 
Okay? Right. Preachers are to preach the gospel to sinners, are not to hold congregations in bondage by it. All right? And that's what preachers have done today. Okay? We're not we're not even supposed to call another man preacher or leader or teacher. That's what that's what this term master here is this is what Christ is referring to. You see, we as believers are commanded in scripture not as we just read not to refer to other men as being in any type of intermediation between them and us and God. It's just us and God. It's the Holy Spirit that resides in us and God the Father and Jesus Christ, right? The triune Jehovah, the eternal Godhead working out the salvation on behalf of his elect. All right? And when we and whenever we go past that, right, and embrace men in those positions, we are going against what the Word of God commands us to do. We are commanded as believers, as brethren, in here, this is what it's telling us in verse 8, but be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all you are your brother. We as believers are all supposed to come together, and these gifts that the Spirit of God gives the church, his body of believers, wherever they are, whether it is teaching or preaching or whatever it may be, these aren't titles to be embraced. This is what we're being taught here. This is not titles for men to embrace and set their self up as rulers with. These are gifts of the Spirit of God to the church. And we're expected by the, by the Spirit of God to know these things and to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out our own salvation, which because it's between us and God. All right? right. We're not supposed to we're not supposed to refer to other men as preacher or pastor or any type of nonsense like that to where they have a a you know a a more closer role. They have a closer they have a you know and you won't hear sovereign grace preachers or you know Baptist preachers say this, but they say the same thing that a Pentecostal says, right? This is what they say. I have a different spirit of anointing than you got. I got oh he's really, really anointed. All right, these men, these Baptist preachers, are the same way that Pentecostal preachers are. They may not use the same terminology, but they set themselves up over people because they think that they're better. And we're and we are commanded. Right here is what Jesus is commanding us not to do that and to rely on Him, and His Spirit will reveal to us all truth. And I'll stop. Very, very well put, brother. Very well Amen. put. Thank Amen. you so much. Your- Thank you so much, Your Royal Highness. <laughs> right. 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 Thank you for showing me that word there, Pastor. I just couldn't understand that. You know what? Why didn't you study hard and ask God to show you? Why do you need a man to show you? That's, That's right. right. You know, I, I've even, I know you guys have, have probably observed this too, but within every little, uh, well, every Demonation, demonation. By the way, denominations are not biblical. Paul came against it. He says, you say you're a Paul. You say you're of Apollos. You say you're of Christ. You know, anyway, I won't get off on that. But but the thing of it is, like Brother Carl was saying there, uh, people have this top down, you know, I'm up here, you're down there. You're an underling. Like James says, here, you sit under my feet, okay? Then someone comes in with a gold ring. I know one guy <laughs> in the uh, Sovereign Grace. He likes to show off his great big old ring when he comes in. It's so obvious he's 
and it's like it's sickening. It's like, what, what, you know, get, why are you doing this? And I know another one that he likes to tell, have all over his website. He has posted all his two doctor's degrees. You know, it's pride. It's pride, and every every little every denomination has their little pope. You know what I'm saying? Their little pope. They love whether it's whether it's uh, Don Fortner or whether it's uh, Doctor uh, uh, Royce Smith or whether it's uh, uh, you know out there in uh, uh, Ohio. The little pope of that area is Lasir Bradley. Now, Lasir Bradley has preached some good messages, okay? But my point is, it doesn't matter if someone. It doesn't matter who you're exalting, even if you're exalting yourself. It's, if it's Larry Phillips, if it's Carl Roberts, if it's Mark Kennedy or Mark Phillips, anybody that exalts themselves, that's idolatry. Yes, and these men. Yes, and just real quick, we have bliss. Blows my mind, all right? These men in the Sovereign Grace community have attempted to take the gospel of salvation by grace alone, which is revealed to us from, from – and I won't even get into biblical cosmology here. That, that's not the point I'm trying to make. But they have took the gospel of salvation alone by grace and turned it into law-keeping by telling right. you, oh, you can't talk about this, you can't do that, you can't do that, because if, because if you're talking about this, you're adding to the gospel of God's free grace. These men are wicked, and they're a bunch of vipers. And this whole chapter here is just a, a lesson for us about organized religion. It exposes all of it. Wow. Wow. That's, man, that's very, very strong, but it's so true. It's so true. I mean... I've thought about that often myself, you know. It's like if you don't say what we want you to say, if you don't if you don't step if you don't step lockstep in with us, you're not one of us type of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is ridiculous. This is this what I'm glad you said that. That is law service. That is putting man under bondage. That's what it's saying there. When it says in verse four, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be yeah. born and lay them on the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, brother, yeah. why don't you read the next uh, ten verses for us, eleven down through what twenty-one or whatever? Did you hear me? You said brother Mark, right? Uh, I, I should have said brother Carl. But has brother, who's read so far? I read first. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Keep me on the straight and narrow, guys. Okay, okay, I'm brother trying. Mark. Okay, okay, brother. Uh, yeah, Mark, brother, go ahead. 11, 11 through twenty-one. Yeah. I think you said it was your son's turn, brother Larry. <laughs> okay. All right. Mark, I'll turn this camera around so people can see you there. 11 through 21. 11 through 21, yeah. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. 
Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long fair, therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land and make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold of the temple, or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar is nothing, but whosoever swear by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. You fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift of the altar that sanctifieth by the gift, whoso, whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, swear by it and by all things thereon. And whoso, and whoso shall swear by the temple, swear by it and by him that dwelleth therein. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Well, does anybody want to attack that? I have an <laughs> idea about Go ahead, swearing. The gift upon the altar is falsely attesting to the glory of man and robbing God of his rightful glory. Verse 18. That's just a theory. Swearing by the gift on the altar is blasphemy because you're glorying in something that man did. Wow. That's good. Well, in verse 11, he says that he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Do we actually see that in most churches? I see it in most churches where it's just the opposite. All the people there are servants of the high and mighty pastor, including giving him the best house, giving the best 401K, giving probably one of the best salaries, giving him a reserved parking place, Giving giving him a parsonage and paying his rent, you know, I I don't see I just don't see it happening. I mean, I was mm-hmm. attending a, a church up in Joplin, and there was a homeless man out in the parking lot wanting some help, and the pastor wouldn't even go out and deal with it. Oh, we get a lot of those people around here, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I just don't see it. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. I don't see mm-hmm. people abasing themselves. I see people exalting themselves. And I, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know what to say. See, he says, woe. You know, we see this often used. And here we see at least three woes in, in uh, verse 13, verse 14, verse 15, verse 16. There's four woes there. Woe. That woe is a very, very strong word. It means more or less, uh, look out what's going to happen to you. Just just look and see what's going to happen to you. He says that they actually shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither suffer ye them. What's he mean there? When you're When you're touting and you're proclaiming false doctrine, when you're proclaiming untruths, when you're proclaiming uh, a works doctrine like Brother Carl was saying, when you're proclaiming uh, 
something that has nothing to do with grace is the furthest thing from grace. Christ is pronouncing a woe upon you. And he says in verse 14 that they're hypocrites. And he says they devour widows' houses. You know, I had a situation a number of years ago. And I know the gentleman that did this. And, and you know what? I felt bad because, uh, I, and I apologized to this widow. Uh, I had made a friend uh, for a number of years on, on um, she had been listening to my messages on Sermon Audio. Wonderful lady. And uh, I had an association with a number of primitive Baptist ministers. And one of the primitive Baptist ministers had gone over to India, and he said he was going to start an orphanage over there. And I did, I, I, you know, I took him at face value, you know. I mean, I, and... You know, he had pastored a church for a number of years and had a lot of credibility in, in, the, in the circles that I ran in and stuff. And so I introduced, uh, or um, I knew that this particular gal, you know, uh, she was interested in doing anything she could to promulgate the work of Christ. And I told her about this orphanage that he was starting. Well, to make the long story longer, you know, she ended up giving quite a bit of money to him. And you know what? He never did do an orphanage. He never did do an orphanage. And he actually went public and said, you know, we've decided we're not going to go through with the orphanage. Things didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. So I confronted him about it. I said, hey, you know what? You need to give those funds back to this lady. She gave those funds to you in good faith. And what have you done with the funds? To date, he has not done anything to get her money back to her. Mm. Now, my point, and by the way, can you imagine? And by the way, the lady totally, she she said, Larry, you're not, I I warned her at the last, right before she gave this quite quite a bit of money, Right before she did, I said, you know what? I'm having second thoughts about this, and I don't think you ought to do it. I did warn her before she did it. I said, there's just something that just doesn't click on this whole thing. I said, I I think you ought to just wait off, hold off on this. But she said, no, no, I want to do it, and on and on. So she did not hold me. She says, you tried to warn me. She says, and I didn't listen. But my point is here. This is what we're talking about. When people try to take advantage of people and say, you know, and how much of this is going on in our society? Where people mm-hmm. are taking, I remember uh, Jan Crouch getting on national TV, international TV, and saying, you little old ladies with money tucked under your sock and then under your bed, get that out and send it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then, of course, uh, we see that this thing on the temple, I find this really interesting, 16 down through 21, he's dealing with the temple. Well, down through actually 22, he's dealing with the temple. Now, we know that um, there was a time when there was a, a physical temple where sacrifices were made and 
this was ordained of God. And then we know that later on, <clears throat> actually, next chapter, he talks about, the, and, and, and many other places, he talks about the destruction of the temple. And we, we know that happened in 70 A.D. Uh, and we know that the 24th chapter of Matthew, had, a lot of that has to do with the events around 70 A.D., not only the events at 70 A.D., which a lot of people who, who are preterists or say they're partial preterists hold to, which I come adamantly against. And because of my position in coming against people that hold a preterist view, um, we have possibly two less people now in our fellowship. But I won't even go there. But here he says that this temple, it's like Brother uh, Mark was saying. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many churches have you attended where they have altars up in front of their churches? Now, I'm going to tell I want to welcome aboard Rajay Babu and uh, uh, the rest of the people that have joined us. Uh, Mr. Uh, Sadamala from India. Um, listen, why do they have altars up in front of their churches? Why do they ask people to come down and bow down before that piece of wood? You know, wh why do they have pictures of Jesus up in their church, the false Jesus with the long hair, Emmanuel, Samuel? Why do they have uh, these real expensive chalices and cups and stuff for their for their for their memorial service or for their what they call communion why do you have to use silver i'm asking questions this is what jesus christ is addressing here you know whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple he's the debtor how many churches have you gone into and on the back of the pew this pew was donated by Mr. and Mrs. Whoever. Okay? It goes back to follow the money trail. Follow the money. Okay? The ones that are going to be exalted in the churches are the ones that they've gotten in their purses. Wow, I'm a poet and don't know them. <laughs> I'll repeat that. The ones that are exalted in the churches are the ones that they've got in their purses. <laughs> Yep. He says, ye fools, ye fools and blind guides, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold, whosoever shall swear by the altar. I remember I knew a guy that was the owner of a Christian radio station in Kansas City, and I was talking to him one day. He was a big uh, member of the Nazarene Church, Mid-American Nazarene the Nazarenes, by the way, a lot of people don't know it, but the Nazarene headquarters are in Kansas City, okay? And they have a seminary there, and then they have a, a college out in Olathe, Kansas, an adjoining uh, state of Missouri. And he said, oh, this weekend I went down the altar and made things right with God. I, I went down to the altar and I made things right with God. Right before my... Uh, cousin passed away. She was over visiting my mother. My mother made mm -hmm. sure and uh, my mother made sure and shared this with me. And Carol had been diagnosed with having cancer. And 
anyway, she went upstairs over at my mom's house. She came down and told my mom and everybody at the house, everything's okay now. I made everything right with God. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? That's the Arminian view, that you're the one that makes everything right. God is not the one who paid for your salvation. God's not the one who shed his precious blood for you. God is not the one who uh, secured uh, our righteousness. It's something we did that brings us to God. This is what this is what this passage is talking about, about this altar and sacrifices and, and everything that, that goes with it. So I've said enough about that. Uh, yeah, what do you think about this, Brother uh, Carl? Yes, sir, I was just going to say just exactly what you did, um, you know, verses 17, and, and then it actually goes on down through verse um, verse, 20, tw- verse 24. Um, this is talking about free will works idolatry, um, you know, thinking that, you know, salvation rests in our hands and some profession of faith that we made. <laughs> That's exactly what this is talking about. You know, and again, I just want to remind everybody that's listening, you know, we are admonished in these passages. We are commanded is actually what's being taken, is, is actually what's going on here, not to call any man our teacher or leader or so-called pastor. These names, these these names, pastor and, you know, preacher, you know, uh, these are gifts of the Holy Spirit of God to the church. They're not titles for men to embrace and set themselves up over people. And when they do that, all right, they have broken the command of God as we're clearly taught here. And so, yeah, um, I mean, I believe we're all three, you know, all four of us are on the same page this morning. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to comment because one of the things that I, has been thrown up in my face a lot especially by those who are really into this control over other people and they say that I am denying biblical ecclesiology and offices of the church and all this other stuff. Um, Look, we're not denying um, church leadership. We're not denying church, um, biblical church uh, doctrine. We're not denying any of that. And I also want to say there's a scripture, and maybe we ought to take a, a minute and look at it. Uh, I've got to look it up, uh, or if one of you guys might be able to help me. There's a scripture um, that it says that when it's talking about the elders and deacons and so on, um, it talks about giving the elders double honor, okay? Um, and I can't, maybe you can help me find that. Um, it's um, 1 Timothy 5.17. Okay, thank you. 1 Timothy 5.17. So let's look at that just briefly, because, I, listen, this has been thrown up to me over and over. I've been told that I'm dishonoring elders by making statements like we did tonight. If, if what, or this morning, if if what they're saying is true, if I'm dishonoring elders, then Christ dishonored elders. I'm mainly I'm just teaching what Christ taught. What was that again? First Timothy five seventeen. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. Let's just look at that. He says here, uh, let the elders uh, that rule well 
be counted worthy of double honor, especially those they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sit rebuke before thee, all the others also may fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another. You know, mm. whenever someone gives me this uh, thing on the 17th verse, they never go into the 21st verse, <laughs> okay? They stop short of going to the 21st verse. In other words, we're not, there's a difference in showing respect to those who are teaching the word. In other words, I think my interpretation of this, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, that is if, if someone is teaching the word and is faithful to the word, we should be supportive of them and we should uplift them. But again, if someone comes before us, now it says here that we're not to rebuke, in other words, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. That's again, there's another scripture that says, let every word be established in with two or three witnesses, but it doesn't say let every word be established with two or three false witnesses. Okay, they right. brought false witnesses. They, they brought false witnesses against Christ. Remember, so it has right. to be a well, true witness. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, what does it say? It says let the let the elders. Verse seventeen. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. First of all, you have to understand the New Testament language here in the context of these scriptures. You can't just go in here and snatch out verses and use these to, to set rule up over men and put them into bondage by trying to use the gospel of Jesus Christ to do that. We're nowhere in here told in these scriptures to call any man master. We're not to call any man master or teacher or rabbi or preacher or pastor. These are gifts of the Spirit of God to the church, not titles for men to embrace and hold people in bondage over. And that's what they've done. I know this is, and I know this is a strong rebuke, but it needs to be. It needs to be this way. And by the grace of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, as we as we've been reading in, in you know Matthew twenty three, He's done the same thing first, and, and you know He set the standard. And we must come out against men like Don Fortner, men like John MacArthur who have used the gospel of Jesus Christ or have attempted to use it as law and put men underneath bondage with it. And it's got to be called out and it's got to be exposed for what it is. You know, again, what we're doing now together on this Sunday morning and everybody listening, what we're doing is we are actually participating in correct church structure, the way that it was given to us in the New Testament scripture, the way the early church operated, and it was in each other's homes. All right, these elders who ruled well, that were counted worthy of double honor, especially who labored in word and doctrine, they preached the gospel to sinners. They didn't just set up in some church house in Danville, Kentucky, like Fortner does, ruling with, you know, trying to rule over everybody. All right? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know what, we're, we're going to, you're, you're absolutely right, and I love the point you made earlier that, you know, people will take a scripture like that, let the elders be, you know, worthy of double honor or whatever. They'll use that as a way of promoting popery. 
Well, they'll use that scripture as a way of promoting popery. In other words, to, to cause these elders to lord over people. That's not even close because we already read about the servant, uh, about who should be uh, first and who should be last. In other words, it's just not happening. Well, listen, we're uh, we're getting we're we're going to keep moving here. Uh, verses 22 down through the end of the chapter. Uh, is what we've got to read yet. Uh, Brother uh, Mark, why don't you just finish reading out the chapter for us? Okay, very good. Thank you, brother. And I wanted to say one thing about Timothy 5.17. It says, notice it says, let the elders that rule well, not that they're, not just that they're in power, but that they judge righteous judgments, as Scripture says. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, verse uh, starting at 22, right? And finish. Yes. Okay, in Matthew 23, in the authorized King James Version, verse 22, and he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon, verse 23, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, Hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith, these ought ye to have done, and not to leave the others undone. Verse 24, ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Verse 25, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, ye hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but Within, they are full of extortion and excess. Verse 26, Thou blind Pharisee cleans first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye all were also outwardly appear righteous. Verse 28, unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy, hypocrisy and iniquity. Verse 29, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. Verse 30, and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Verse 31, wherefore ye be witnesses to yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Verse 32, fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Verse 33, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. There it is. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Verse 34, wherefore behold, I send you unto you the prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. Verse, 30, verse 35, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, son of, uh, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verse 36, verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this, this generation. Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. 
How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Verse 38, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. There's the decree of it because of it. Verse 39, for I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Awesome. Wow. Wow. Yep. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Carl cover those uh, verses, and then uh, Mark, you can jump in, and then I'll kind of say a few words, and then we'll uh, bring this because we're coming up on the top of the hour. Go ahead, brother Carl. Okay. Um. Well, I think with the stuff that's been sort of flying, but you know, it's been sort of you know brought up over the last several days. Um. I'm just gonna concentrate here on verses 36 down through 39 for anybody that believes that the that god is a liar and that he actually is a respecter of persons and respects people because of their skin color which you have to believe to 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 hold to some type of heretical dispensational theology which says that these people who claim to be jews over there in the middle east are still god's chosen people all right, if you believe that, you need to come here and read these verses. Amen. All right? Because in verse 36, we're told, all these things shall come upon this generation. All these things shall be fulfilled to this generation whenever Christ curses the fig tree. That's physical Israel. All right? Yes. And, th- and, this is what this, and this is what he's talking about here. You know, verse 37, and Armenians love, I'll just touch on this real quick. Armenians love this verse here. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. All right, the ones that Christ sought to gather were the children. All right? Okay, not the ones that would not come. No man is able to come to Christ unless the Father first draws him, you see. And Armenians love to take this verse out of context. I mean, do we really believe that the Son of God is denied anything that he seeks after? Right? So if so if he desired to gather these children together, they came. But the but the religious leaders, the so called righteous, like he told us, I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. The so called religious leaders of his day. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up because, I, like I say, Armenians love to take that verse out of context. But, yeah, I mean, you know, this, you know, the spiritual Israel is made up of all men, Jew and Gentile. That's the language of all men in New Testament scripture. And that's the revelation of God that he has revealed to us in New Testament scripture by his spirit. And it was foretold by the prophets in the Old Testament um, that God would save all men, Jew and Gentile, because he's not a respecter of persons. Um, and I'll just close with saying um, I really enjoyed this morning, and um, I'm sorry if I got a little rowdy. Um, and peace, if possible, and truth at all costs, Martin Luther. Oh, you don't need to apologize for your rowdiness, brother. It's called the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. That's what Christ said when he when he chased the money changers out of the temple. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on this portion? Yes, it's it's we have three or. We have four more woes like the ones in the beginning and middle part of the chapter where he's pronouncing his disapproval on their 
prideful and self-righteous ways of trying to obtain that original righteousness again, like I had mentioned before. And then, so, cut to the chase, since we're running out of time, verse 38 is his judgment on that. Because of all, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. So God is saying, because you refuse to come to me and persist in all your religious self-righteous ways, I'm going to make your house desolate. That's the judgment for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Listen, I want to... um, just make one comment and, and for per- persons to think about. When someone comes against the lies of dispensationalism, the lies that Carl has just pointed out and Brother Mark has just pointed out, that race, bloodlines, um, you know, the seed of the physical man, by the way, the seed of God's people is Christ, not not some physical seed. That's what Christ talked about. He said, if you were the seed of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. Okay, but anyway, when someone says that you know you're not you're not serving the same Lord that I'm serving, if you go against scripture that says those who curse Israel will be cursed and those who bless Israel will be blessed. I want you to think about this. Because there's many other scriptures that say touch not mine anointed. Okay, The very thing that you're saying, you're accusing those who are standing up for the truth of God's word, you're doing yourself. You're cursing. You're cursing God's anointed. You're cursing those who are standing up for the truth of the true Israel of God, what do you think God's response is going to be to that? You're standing up for physical Israel who has absolutely no spiritual uh, revelation. You're standing up to physical Israel who's worshiping and cursing and blaspheming our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and you're going to bless them, and you're going to curse those who are standing up for our Lord and Savior. Think about it. That's the way I'm going to end. It's 1059. We will be back with you this evening. I want to thank our brothers for being such a blessing. Uh, and if This has been a great blessing to me, and I want to thank Babs and... Um, Rosette and Mark and Carl and all of our friends on Facebook who've joined us, and we will be back with you this evening at 6 o'clock. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and end because it's 11 o'clock. God bless everyone. Love you, Brother Mark Kennedy. Love you too, Brother. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.